Lord, we honor you. We honor you this morning. Glorious, wonderful King. We come before you, O great God of heaven. We come with, Lord, our come with our vessel to the hand of the potter, the molder, the breaker. You, you has power over the clay to break it, to reshape, to remold it, to fashion it, even according to the, your spirit, the spirit of your intent the spirit of your your workmanship the raiser of men the shaper of men the builder of men the molder of men the creator everlasting eternal we honor you thank you for mercies graces Thank you, loving kindnesses, tender mercies. Oh, thank you. Goodness, for the Lord is good, mercy endureth forever, and that which endureth, endureth forever. Your love, we worship you, Father. In worship, mold us, break us shape us father we pray we commit ourselves into the spirit so the lord is that spirit to where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty freedom we with open face beholding us in the glass the glory of the lord are transformed into the same image even from glory to glory as by the spirit of the lord thank you for the spirit of of glory the spirit of change, spirit of transformation. Thank you for the even the spirit of the Lord, the, the spirit, the shepherding spirit over our souls and over our lives. Father, we submit afresh to you this morning, afresh to you as your flock, sheep of your pasture, the flock of your hand, our God. Help us today. What we are praying for is a ministry of the Spirit, that which he who alone can, can search your belly and search your debt. Bring forth ministry. Bring forth blessing. Lord, I pray for weight of your Spirit to rest, to rest, to rest, weightier than every other weight which we come to lay aside this morning push every heart into the place of blessing move every soul into the place of blessing to sit in the plane of your blessing i pray creanos to miracles miracles of hearing ears of eyes that can see that will see 
that will see the spirit for to see the spirit grace 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 for to see the spirit and for to hear the spirit thank you our lord this morning but we take no moment in your presence for granted we know that at every moment lord a change can occur can happen we receive visitation i pray let come and quicken counsel by, by your spirit bring let the, the sharpness of the sword of the spirit come and quicken the the word let dark matters be made clear be, be made bare lord i pray the spirit to, to dissolve lord even questions for answering of questions for the resolution of doubts Father, for the raising of faith. Father, oh Lord, even and also the giving of grace. Father, in your presence this morning. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory. I submit myself wholly to you, my Lord. I pray, use my heart, Lord, to bless your children this morning. I ask, oh God, put the weight of your, of your own tongue upon my tongue and make mine the pen of a ready writer to write your spirit this morning thank you our father we give all the glory and all the praise to your holy name in jesus name we pray amen just okay let's open our bibles to first corinthians chapter um first corinthians 13 thank you jesus saith the Spirit of the Lord, I am here. I am here and I am conscious of every heart. I am conscious of every heart. For we have come, we are many and we have come to send help. We have come to send help. For in this season we are bringing grace. We are bringing grace grace by his blood grace by his blood grace by his blood we have come to start low 
that none will be left behind. Mihara no shtufrahana no saha. O Kani Iafa on a kind, the kind heart. Yakia kind heart, the kind of heart that leaves none behind. The kind of heart that leaves none behind. That is the heart of a shepherd. And I have come to possess my vessel, to speak, to possess, to possess him, to speak from the root to the top, from the root to the top, that none shall be left behind. Leave none behind. Leave none behind. The blood of the Lamb desires to leave none behind. The blood speaks. The blood speaks healing in every situation. Healing in every situation. This is my speaking to save all. To save all. For none shall be left behind. Regardless of your state, I have come to save you. Regardless of your position, I have come to save you. Oh, if in even if you are there in the pit, I am there with you. I am there with you. Just believe. Here, here, here today. Here today. And you shall arise. You shall arise. You shall arise. I call you out of unbelief. I call you out of unbelief. I call you out of darkness. I call you out of doubt. You shall hear. You shall hear. You shall all hear. You shall all hear the Lamb and be like Him. I possess you. Speak. 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 Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Um, okay. First Corinthians chapter 14. Healing, I bring healing for this mind that I bring. Even the healing is my mind. The healing is my mind. The healing is my heart. I bring healing. I bring my mind. I bring my mind. I bring the configuration of my mind to you. I bring the configuration of my person to you. For I am healing. I, Jesus, I am healing. I am healing. I am healing. And I am health. I am healing and I am abundance of health. I am healing and I am abundance of health. So I bring you myself. I bring you my life. I bring you my heart. I bring you my mind. I bring configuration, the configuration of my mind. I bring to you. Take my mind. Eat my mind. Eat my person. Eat me. I am food for you. I am your food. I am your only food. I am the food. I am that food. I am that living bread. I am that true bread. I've been poured out for you. So eat me. 
drink me, for you have no part in me if you don't take part of this bread I bring for you. Praise Jesus. Amen. Um, thank you, Father. Praise God. First Corinthians thirteen. Verse 11. Praise Jesus. Thank you. For when I was a child, I speak as a child. Amen. And I speak as a child. I, I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things, right? For now we see through a glass darkly, but when the, when, but then face to face, for now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known and now abided faith, hope, and, and charity. These three, praise God. But the greatest is charity. Hallelujah. Amen. The greatest is what? Is charity. I said, when I, when I was a child, I, I speak as a child. I understood as a child, I, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away what childish things. Praise Jesus. Um, so these three things, verse 13, um, faith, hope, charity, let's see them in, um, Let's see Romans. Romans chapter. Let's see chapter six. Hallelujah. Okay, before this, let's, let's just read our Ephesians first, Ephesians 4, oh, just describing, amen, I'm sorry, there are just different things inside me, so I'm trusting God to, to give us the right, uh, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 verse, verse 14 that, that we henceforth be no more children, right? Tossed to and fro 
carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to, to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ, that from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Praise God. Um, we be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about every wind of doctrine. So the, um, the mind of a child or the, the state of childhood um, is characterized by, if you compare that First Corinthians chapter 13 with this Ephesians chapter four, um, you see that the state of childhood is characterized by certain influence, praise God. Um, verse 11 said, when I was a child, I speak as a child. I understood as a child, I thought as a child. So the speaking, the understanding and Say so there's understanding and there is thinking. They are not the same. There's um, these are three levels of um, three levels. I'll say three levels of the of activity for that produce it to produce. Um, to produce learning, education, speaking, right, then understanding. There is speaking for understanding, then there's understanding then as thinking. That word thought is the thought here, it's not just in the mind realm. Thought, I believe thought here is in the heart realm. You know, it says that as a man thinketh in his heart, praise God. As he thinketh in his heart, says so he is. So the the purpose of understanding is to is to modify the the, the realm of thought, the dimension of thought, the way of thought to to interfere with the way of thinking, praise God. So, but what he calls, um, when I say speak as a child, to me, speaking is the, um, it's like the, the first out, is, the, is an activity of meditation. Do you, do you realize that? So, don't think of speaking just as communication. Think of speaking. As, as a way of, as a way of raising. Um, often, often times you, when you are thinking, 
you, you, you speak to think. Or if you, if you check inside your heart, when you want to think on something, you must, you, you almost inwardly vocalize it. You don't vocalize it, but you inwardly, you must alter it somehow. That's the way, you know, it's for, the, it's a tool. Um, so when you're, you're speaking, um, that's why one of the ways to really establish understanding in a thing is to have dialogue concerning it. And when you dialogue on something, right, it's, it's a way to have breakthrough into understanding. Glory to God. So it's, it's a, as a child, so a child has a way of, of speaking. A child has a way of understanding, right? And a child has an establishment of thought. Praise God. But what we are saying in Ephesians 4 is that that these things are, when it comes to a child, that these things are, the child is weak when it comes to influences of spirit, what they call here, verse 14, they call it wind of doctrine. It says that, that we henceforth be no more children, we see that, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine. That word wind means spirit, spirit of doctrine. And the word doctrine here it means spirit that carries, that has a message. Doctrine means a message that is, that is a type of spirit that can be transferred from heart to heart. So a spirit can deliver their doctrine to a soul. That's how spirits influence people. That when a spirit has a doctrine, the doctrine just means what is the code or the spirit of life. How does, what is operating within that entity and that makes it behave or live in a certain way. And when that spirit comes around a person, and we know this world is full of spirits. When the spirit comes around a person, what they want to do is to transfer their doctrine. They, they are, this world is a ground, or is a place of influences, of spirits. Um, so the state of childhood is a state where a person has not been fortified. It's not, doesn't have defenses against spirits. You get that? When there are no defenses against spirits, praise God. Um, so it says that a child is tossed to and fro, carried about by what every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and with what cunning craftiness, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So, the slight of men, cunning craftiness. This cunning craftiness is a craft of wisdom. That a child is in, is in danger to influence of wisdom of spirits. 
that spirits who, when they, uh, when they come around children, they don't find any kind of defense inside the heart of a child against their kind of influence or the kind of influence they're able to exert on a person. Praise God. Now verse 15 says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. So the purpose of growth is for, first of all, like when you are um, in, you're learning how to be spiritual, means you are learning the doctrine of Christ, amen. When you're learning the doctrine of Christ, what's being built in you are defenses. They are building up, first of all, a defense, a, a kind of building in the spirit that can have a kind of defense against encroachment of, of other spirits or other winds. Like a house, when a house is built, a house is a fortification against external winds and influences, right? And uh, that fortification um, is necessary. Let's see, let's go back to when he ascended on high. Verse nine, now he ascended. Um, glory to God. Wherefore he said, when he ascended on high, verse eight, he led captivity captive, and he did what? He gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but also that he descended first into the lower parts of the earth? And he that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might feel what? All things. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the word edifying. The word edifying, of course, is the building up of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith. You see that? And of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And verse 14, so that we henceforth, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up to him in all things, which is what the head, even Christ. Glory to God. Um, so you see, the, the, the provision of the gifts which he gave to men in verse eight is for the type of, a type of building. Um, it says for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and it falls, it says for the edifying. The edifying means the building up of the body of Christ. Praise God. So that building of the body of Christ is, the, um, is an inward work within the soul to raise a person from being a child 
to being a man, or from being a child to being mature spiritually. And the purpose of raising is for a kind of defense, in this sense that we are seeing that um, is, is a kind of defense against spirits. Against who? Spirits. Without a building, you are open. You are defenseless against the well, against spirits. He called them every wind of doctrine. This wind are doctrine. I said they are spirits that carry doctrine. Everything you find in man that was not put by God was given to him by spirits. Every nature, everything you find in men that didn't come from God was brought by what? By spirits. So you see that the purpose of the church, now why I'm saying the church is because we're talking about the the yields, the dividend of ascension. Why, praise God, um, if you go back to Let's see the earlier part of chapter four. So I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. You're talking about your vocation, amen. amen. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to, to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Praise God, there is the, the unity of the spirit, what he calls the unity of the spirit is a particular state in, in, this, in development. Um, is a, he calls the unity of the spirit, you keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. The, the bond of peace is a type of a seal of peace. The bond of peace is a is a landmark, a target point of development for every Christian that there is a time that they will say in the spirit that this soul has achieved something. They've come into a bond. And that place of bond is not just about yourself. It's actually a place where there is a cord in the spirit that binds every Christian who arrives at that point, who is able to fight their wars and win their battles and arrive at that place called the bond of peace in the spirit. Do you get that? That bond, that peace, what they call bond of peace is also related to Romans chapter six, um, verse one. Um, it says where it says, therefore, sorry, chapter five, chapter five of Romans, Verse one <clears throat> says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God, you see that? Yes. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, you see that? And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So when he's talking about there is a, a place, a point in the spirit for for the standing of grace. That grace should increase 
for a Christian onto a point where every soul, a soul arrives at a standing in grace. That was standing is a type of, is, a, is almost speaking about when you become a man. You have come into your own standing in the spirit. You, have, you, are, able to, um, you are able to stand. And that's a mark of, of um, graduation from childhood. When you say, child, this is no longer a child. This is now a man or this is now an adult. What you mean is that they now have a standing among men. They can, in other words, they can stand on their own. In this, I mean, in terms of our natural way of, of looking at something. When does a parent say, this is now an adult. This child is now an adult. It's no longer a child. It means I'm done training. Now, this, this child can stand as an individual in the world. By law, there's an age where they say this is the age of adulthood. At that age, when the government no longer need to have your parents present to deal with you, they no longer deal with you by proxy of your parents. You, if you commit a crime, they can handle you. That they don't need your, you understand what I mean? You, praise God, as an entity, you can stand as a legal entity by yourself because you have a, a standing and your, the standing of an adult is in the maturity that they have acquired. There's something, that they will expect the government, the, the banks, whatever they expect, there is something in you that should make me able to deal with you. Praise God. Before that age, they won't be okay dealing with you. They won't trust your judgment. They, they, they don't believe that if you, if they write a paper and they sign and you sign, they don't have confidence that this means anything. They believe you can just, because you don't know what it means to put pen to paper when you are not yet an adult. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, but the, so what, what gives you what it calls a standing? I spoke about it naturally, but with God in the spirit, before the heavens, before all the angels, there is a point where a, a, a person who is born again will grow to a point where they now tell you this person has now has a standing in the spirit, right? That this is a man now, right? Ephesians 4 calls it a perfect man. Praise God. Glory to Jesus. So that the word perfect man doesn't mean you're perfect and you don't need any improvement. It just means that being a man has been perfected. Right, that's your, it's, you have come to a place where you can stand. And then this place of standing in the spirit is what we call, the Bible calls, Romans 5 calls it peace with God. Uh, right, that you are, now at, you are now at peace with God. A kind of a peace with God means that um, as a man, you are at peace with God. Why are you at peace with God is because of you have been able to grow beyond spiritual influences that are in the world. Right? You have grown. You know, remember, friendship with the world is enmity against God. 
Amen. Do not be a friend of the world. Right? So ye adulterers, James 4 verse 4, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? For whosoever will be a friend of the world is what? And is the enemy of God. Praise Jesus. Now, ask me what is in the world that, that they are concerned about? Uh, okay, I'll answer you. Praise God. What, what God, so who is concerned? It's really God who is concerned. Um, that, that peace with God, it doesn't mean that you have now began to transact with him or you begin to receive what he has for man. It just means that you are not an enemy. The, the posture you have towards an enemy is to fight them. Is not to share your things with them. Do you bring your enemy to your house and say, this is, this is my secret? No, you don't do that. You have, what do you do for your enemy? You build, even if you are not outrightly warring against them, and which God will not do that because he has an interest. You know, there are different kind of enemies. A man can be an enemy of God. Do you agree? Yes, sir. If not, they won't say it here. A man can be an enemy of God and then... Satan can be an enemy of God, but they are not in the same category of enemies. Why? Because one of them has, has God has a love interest in man. Do you see that? So the enmity of man with God is not the same as all the evil spirits and the devil who, has, who have been set apart for destruction. But for man is different, even though Man, God has a love interest in man, but man can still be an enemy of God. Now, what is the enmity? The enmity are the things in men who, that the enemy of God has invested in man to keep there. And when man keeps those things, it makes you, means that to be an enemy means you can harm the things of God if you are exposed to them. You can do damage to the what? The things of God if you are exposed to them. If they are committed to your charge, you can do damage to them because there is enmity in the heart, not against that thing. Praise God. So that state where a person has not been able to deal with influences upon their soul that gives them tendency to have to do damage to God's things, that state is childhood. When you, say, when you are still a child, when you still speak as a child, understand as a child, think as a child, a child means is a person without defenses, that you don't have the right defenses within your soul against the influence of spirits that are in the world. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But the, the goal of what they call justification in Romans chapter six is to bring every soul to a place where peace with God has been accomplished, and that then gives the soul a, an access, 
into the grace wherein the soul will stand. And having that standing is now the birthing, is a hope of the glory of God. The glory of God means God's, you can't have God's glory without God's properties. Glory of God just means another glory from what man has. There is the glory of man, right? And then there is the glory of God. He said all flesh is grass and what is the glory of man is as the flower of the field. Amen. All flesh is grass and all the glory of man, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 24, is as of the flower of the field, the, glass, the grass withereth, and the flower thereof, thereof falleth away, praise God. So man has a glory. That's what we call the glory of man. Then there is the glory of God. What the gospel, amen. The gospel is a, is, um, is a gift of glory. The gospel is a what? Is a gift of glory. Behind the gospel is a promise of glory. That God wants to give man his glory. God wants to put his glory. Amen. Amen. Glory to Jesus. God wants to do what? To put his glory. God wants his glory to. He wants to beautify man with his glory. He wants to put his glory on men. He doesn't want men to walk around with anything other than his own glory. Praise Jesus. That's the love. If you ask me, what is the love interest that God has for man? The interest of love is the, the passion, the desire, the jealousy of God to put his glory on men. Praise God. Glory to God. <laughs> That God desires for all men to do what? To wear the glory. To put on his glory. You know there are different kind of glory. First Corinthians 13 says there is 15. There is a glory of the corruptible. There is a glory of the what? Of the incorruptible. He said that as one star differed from another in glory. So is the what? The resurrection of the dead. Amen. <laughs> so... When you, when you say glories, say glories, glory. they define the, the flesh as grass and then the glory of man as the word flower of the field. What, then it says the grass withered. So they are telling you that a way of measurement of glory is by level, the tendency of corruption. That the problem with the the glory of man is that that glory is a, the glory that stays on the image of man, which can wither. The word wither is a type of corruption. That if, if you are corruptible, you have the glory of the corruptible, or you have the image of the corruptible. It's the same thing. There's what's called image, and then what? Glory. The, every glory is tied to an image. We know that, right? So that the image of the corruptible is the image of man. That's just one thing you need to know. That when you have 
When you are a man, you, have, you are corruptible. Just the soul of man is corruptible. You can, you are corruptible. God, and God made man in a state that is still corruptible. And man was corrupted. But the interest of God, the love interest of God towards man is to move man from being corruptible to being incorruptible. That was the vision that God had for Adam. That was a project for Adam. But Adam fell below, be, be, below that standard. And Adam and all men, because of Adam, all men fell as well into the corruption and the corruptible. Because of that, you, you find that across yet you won't find any man being able to have the glory of the incorruptible because everything about man tends to corruption. Amen. Amen. We say, you know the word glory, if you remove everything we know about glory in the worldly sense, that is how you, your wealth, your influence, your class, your status, your, your, your looks, your everything we term as glorious. And if we remove that aside, we find out that we don't know too much about glory because all that men know are glory of corruptible things. It's, it's difficult, except by the help of the Spirit of God. It's very difficult for you to query a person and have the person able to describe to you what incorruptible glory is. Or you find out that when you say, what is glory? Give me an example of glory. You find that everything that we can think of is with something that can be corrupted. We don't have, we are not exercised, we are not fashioned to be able to conceive within ourselves the glory of that which is not corruptible. Praise God. And when they begin to introduce the incorruptible things to us, it's difficult to see the glory. Praise God. Um, because Glory, amen. amen. Because glory, um, you need a frame for glory. You need a what? A frame for glory. Another way to put it is you need an image for glory. Image means what is inside. Praise God. You need an inward image. Whenever you are thinking, you think from your image. You reason from your image. Do you know that? The things you approve and disapprove, it comes from the image that is in you. Do you see that? And so the, the hope of the gospel is to restore an image to man that does not tangent towards corruptible things. An inward image that can esteem that which is not corruptible above that which is corruptible. It's not very easy to do that. It means that for that to occur, something highly spiritual, something from something greater than the powers of corruption must happen to the soul. There has to be an encounter. There has to be something. Praise God. There has to be a dealing in the heart to change the outlook. Of the, of, the, of the inward man 
to reorient the inward man from the corruptible things, even towards the incorruptible things. Glory to God. So it's now clear to see, you can see it very clearly, that the, the influences, the spirits in the world have an agenda. Right, the agenda of all the spirits, and you keep in mind these spirits were imported by our father because of his disobedience. He gave room to Satan, and Satan imported hell even into the earth. And hell just means you, you can't see hell, but hell is everywhere. Right, you can't, you can't feel hell in minus 30 winter in Canada. Hell is everywhere. You can't feel hell, but hell is everywhere. Hell is the, is the conglomerate of hellish spirits, natures, praise God, spirits, fallen spirits, glory to God. Hell is a congregation of fallen spirits. Spirits who are Satan's cohorts, right, who came down, they fell from heaven, and then within them, something was born. It's a fire. Fire means power of consumption. They are, those entities are consumed by their rebellion, by their iniquity. They, are, they rebel against something, something in heaven that they rebelled against. Tell me, what did they rebel against? They rebelled against the the order of God, or they rebelled against the life of God. That's the rebellion. They rebelled against, what is God's life? God's life is God's, there's, there's something God has, it's a, it's a dogged, it's a dogged stand, a stay, a dogged posture against corruption. Praise God. It's a dogged what? Posture against corruption, is against corruption, is against decay. Amen, when you call him, we call him the only true God. Right, that, that only true God, and then you say, he's the only true God, praise God, and he's also the, he's also the source of truth, that everything that is true, comes from him. That word, the word truth or true, truth, truth, then true. Truth means, is the opposite of corruptible. Praise God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Truth is what the, is the opposite of, of corruptible. Anything, how you check something, if, there's a, if it has truth in it, it will not degenerate. It won't degenerate, it's true. Come back gazillions of years after, it's still the, the same way. See, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why is that? Because of his truth nature. Uh, he has a nature of truth, glory to God. Properties of God who has no, no variable. He said every good and perfect gift coming down from above, from the Father of light with whom there is no variableness, no what, no shadow, that word, no variableness or shadow of turning. It means he doesn't shift 
from his state. He doesn't, he has no, no space for, being, for, for changing. Glory to God. He doesn't have what any space in his nature. That's what makes him true. Glory to God. Do you see that? Amen. Amen. That's what makes him what? What makes him true is that, that aspect of his nature that does not vary and does not change. Praise God. Then one, one thing you will sense very quickly, it's very, you just sense if you are honest, that things that have this property have been moved away from our reach. That things that have this property are not in our economy. We are not used to them. We don't interact with them. I will say, tell me one thing in your life that has this property. <laughs> Out of everything you know, move from the physical to the invisible. So from the physical, like your shoe, your clothes, your watch, your car, your house, then of course no, there's nothing there that has that, that property. Even gold, but I would say gold perish it. Amen. Amen. They move from there into the invisible, your friendships, your relationships. The, the most sure contract you've ever signed, the word of governments, the word of, think of anything that you know. There's, and I'll tell you that our world is bankrupt of anything. You can only find this concept in the Bible. So that tells you that we are wretched. We are wretched. That every, all the devices of men, the devices of nations, devices of corporations, they all fall under this standard. No one has a conversation of true, of true things that last. Things that will remain is a conversation that has been stolen from man's reality. It has been taken from the economy of man. And because of that, every being is conditioned not to think in terms of that, such things. So you see, what sin has taught men to do is simple. Teach men how to sow your life to things that will perish. Sow your life to what? To things that will perish. To things that will pass away. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Have appetites. Appetite, even when you know it's going to, it won't be, it won't be here, like, it won't be like this after some time. You still, you still sow your life into it. You still go for it. You still pour your energy into it. Are you seeing that? It's something, it means something is wrong with men. That we are, we don't care that all our lives is sown into the, corruptible is because of the work of a spirit who hates man, who is an enemy of God. Glory to Jesus. What is Satan an enemy of? He's an enemy of incorruption. 
when he came to the garden and saw Adam and Eve, he knew what God was making them for. Why? Because he saw the tree of life. He saw the capacity of that tree, the tendency of that tree, like when he cast them out of the garden. He said, lest they come and put their hand into the tree of life and live forever. It means that why would God plant this tree among these men? God has a plan to, to give them access to things that can cause what? That can are everlasting, that can bring them into a, a true state. A true state, of course, this tree is not just an everlasting tree. It has to do with eternal life. It's a tree of God's eternal nature, which God planted there. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, so what we call the world, like I said, the world is a, is a realm. The world is a, um, is a, the world is like hell on earth. When you think of, think of hell, means Satan and all his spirits who are sworn enemies against these things. Then think of them coming to the earth, right, and having influence over the, over the ways of men, over the livelihood of men. You can never see them. They can never be visible. They can, while you are in your secret, making your secret plans in your little notebook, this is how I would do it. They, how many of them are around you, advising you, telling you, while you are there, they are showing you, okay, no, 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 don't do it this way. Do it the other way. Um, you have to make plan for this other side. There can be, have some contingency here. Why are you writing the contingency? They, they give you images of, this is how the systems of the world operate. In this, in this world, you have to have plan A, plan B, plan C. And plan, now, all the plans are, incor- are corruptible. Yes, do you understand what I mean? All of, even the contingency, you understand what I mean? And then when you, are, you finish making your plans, they will pour confidence. What is that confidence for? So that you would depend on that plan. And, every, and it's not because they like you. Do you get what I'm saying? Ah, you're just poor. There's a way you ought to be by now. You have to... By now, you should have some investments. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not against, it's not about events. I'm talking about, the, amen. I'm, I'm telling you, what's that, sir? I'm, I'm telling you about the spirit behind that investing. That spirit is, doesn't care about the investment. It's just that it wants that soul is to train the soul to put confidence in corruptible things. Because if your soul has confidence in the corruptible, you will not be able to muster up strength for the pursuit of the incorruptible. You won't be able to have the strength. Do you see that? There won't be what? There won't be strength for the incorruptible. Glory to God. But that strength to pursue the incorruptible is necessary. Because anyone who does not have, who hasn't developed that 
kind of strength and fortification, God sees enmity. He will see enmity in you. He will tell, he will, God will know, tell, know that if I bring my things to you, you will sell it for something corruptible. Do you see that? He will say you will sell it, like if I begin to introduce my truths to you, can you, will you be able to hold my truth instead of your financial security? Which is not security. Right, will you be able to hold my truth? Those are the kind, they say buy the truth and sell it not. Right? Do you have the tendency to sell the truth for some kind of security? Anybody that has, still has such tendency, God said, this is still an enemy. Why? Because you are a friend with the world. You are a friend of the world. A friend of the world. Say, say friendship. Friendship. Friendship, the word friendship means influence. Right? Influence. You have an influence. Say influence. Influence of the world, praise God. That influence is Satan banks on it. Satan counts on it. And the influence is not because of the world, it's to spoil you. <laughs> right? It's to spoil the soul so that when God wants to commit his precious things to the soul, he will see a tendency within the soul that said, No, I can't commit my things to this person. Why? Because this soul is fashioned. To. It will, that friendship with the world is too tight. Right? When, if I bring my things to this, I keep it, it's very valuable. He knows that you have a friend called the world that will now come and advise you. Are you going to be holding this thing? Is this what you're going to be holding? What about your life? What about your life on the earth? And the world does not just speak. He speaks with evidences. Right? Evidences of corruption. There are evidences that imagine a spirit is telling you, you need to think about your, your security for your future. And then the, that spirit, the answer to that security is money. Do you understand what I mean? So imagine such a thing. that The answer is money. But can money secure your future? Money cannot take care of your soul. Which is the most important thing. And people tend to forget that. That at the end of the day, whatever you do on the earth... Your quality of life, it depends on what your inward man is feeling. So if someone can have everything, but he still feels wretched on the inside. Do you see that? Amen. Let's say, okay, even in the natural life, the soul is too far. Even the physical life, money is not a guarantee. You can have sicknesses, you can, have, you can even die. Yes. Nothing. Now, have they invented security against death? No, Nobody. Right? 
So, so, so in summary, glory to God. Hallelujah. But do you know that there are things that guarantees your security? As a man, that if you have them, you know that tomorrow will be okay. Next tomorrow will be okay. Next year will be okay. 10 years from now will be okay. 20 years from now, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, on this side of eternity or on the other side, alive or dead, wherever you are, you are okay. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? But the world, glory to God. So when you, when, you, when you are a child, I say child, everyone must grow from being a child. You must grow from being a child. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You have to. You have to. Amen. Amen. So henceforth we be no more children tossed to and fro. The word to and fro means you can easily be, be moved to to take, you haven't, you haven't been stabilized. You haven't found standing. There is what you call a standing means being rooted first. Do you see that? Being rooted and built up in him. Establish Colossians 2 verse 7, verse 6 first, let's see, as as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, you walk in him. Walk ye in him. Glory to God. Rooted and then what? Built up in him and then established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Praise God. So that standing in, you know when it says you are tossed to, I say to and fro. To and fro means um, you haven't gained the stability. You understand what I mean? There is a you can you can you can have a type of routine and a type of building, but have you've not yet gained the stability. When you are becoming spiritual, right? As they are building you up, one thing they add to you is they add stability to your soul at different levels. That's one, one thing they actually check. So you have, to, you have to be rooted and then built up and then established. Now, being as there's something about the way you are being built that tells whether you will be established or not. Jesus spoke about building. He said there's a wise man who built his house on the rock. A what? A foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The foolish man who builds on the sand is also has a kind of building. Right? And his, his building might be the tallest building in the city until the wind comes. He said, and the rain descended and the floods came and what? The winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon the rock. This is a type of the spiritual house. So this, this, that 
picture there is what they call the perfect man who has been rooted and what built up and established in the faith. Glory to God. It says, for it was founded upon what? Upon a rock. What rock is that? Right? The rock is what? The rock is Christ. Glory to God. It was founded upon a rock, built upon a rock. Praise God. It was built upon the rock. That building upon the rock is a house that has a standing by grace. What is grace? Grace in the spirit is the power of stability. What stabilizes a spiritual man is grace. 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 Say grace. Grace. Glory to God. He says that being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith, by faith, we have access into this grace wherein we stand. And because of this standing, this establishment, we have rejoicing. We can begin to rejoice in the hope because we know that God's glory is not far from us. We have a chance. We've been able to fight all battles, to defeat all enmity. All enmity with God is being defeated. Grace is the, is the, is the war against enmity. Grace is a power against enmity. Grace, when you have grace in you, things that are against God, grace will swallow them up. Grace Grace swallows argument. Argument against divine future. Arguments against your divine calling. Arguments against that, he calls it vocation, your vocation. Argument against your profession. Grace will do what? Swallow. When they rise, grace will swallow them up. Then you maintain your stability. Amen. Into this grace wherein we stand. You need a standing in grace. You need to have grace. Grace is what Jesus has. What Jesus had. You know that it was great. When Satan came to say, the prince of this world cometh. Right? The prince of this world, he cometh. But he found nothing in me. But what did he find in him instead? He says, this be only begotten of the father. We will be held his glory as of the only begotten of the father. Full of what? Full. This is truth sits on grace. Praise God. Amen. Truth does what? Truth sits on grace. Truth means incorruptible properties. Incorruptible thoughts. Things that have incorruptible DNA. They, they only sit on grace. Why do they sit on grace? It trusts no other foundation but grace. You see a religious man, who a religious means you are, you are pious. When they see you, they know that this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy is holy. Why? Because... He meets the standard of who a holy man is in the world. Do you know that? That the world has its definition of holiness. It has its definition of what it means to be spiritual. 
And when a, a person ticks that standard, you look holy to the world. One thing that the world's holiness doesn't have in it is your, is your disregard for corruptible things. The world's holiness doesn't have that. Right? It doesn't have that power. It's a strange thing to find that in men. The most righteous, the most pious, the most religious, the most prayerful. <laughs> After prayer, we'll go and worship in the shrine of corruption. <laughs> in fact, not even a, so the prayer of, of corruption and the shrine of corruption are the same because in his prayer room, he offers prayer of corruption. The prayers are for, are for corruptible things. Are you seeing that? There is no, there is no space for, for the conversation of God, for the things of God. We make, we, we make Christianity about our things, not about God's things. So if you make it about your things, you will be left with your glory. But God says, if you want my glory, you must have my things. Have space in your conversation for my own stuff, for my own things. Praise God. So the furnishing for stability is grace. So that will tell you that what separates a child from a man is grace. Right? What separates what? A child from what? A man is grace. Grace. Amen. Hallelujah. Grace, say grace. grace. If you want to overcome the world, you need to have grace. Right, sir? You need to have what? You need to have grace in your vessel. What is grace? Grace means another energy, another power. Another energy. When something is trying to move, a, a wind is coming and telling you, trying to move you to and fro. How do they move a soul to and fro? It's very simple. Bring something that concerns you. Right, and then just come and talk about a care, a concern about that thing that concerns you. Then, but it because it's a spirit, it's not just bringing an idea of that thing. It will have a kind of seduction, a kind of a pull about that thought. You know, a, a thought can, every thought has power of pull. Yes, How you know a thought is pulling you is that the moment that thing comes to your mind, it stays, it can't go. Yes. Right? It's hard. You can't. Okay, no, 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 I cast my cares upon the Lord for, for he cared for me. I think no thought, no man, which man added any stature to his, 
cubit, cubit to a stature by thinking, nobody, take no thought for your life, whatever, you, you shake your head and all that. And then after shaking your head, is there, what happens? Why you're, why you're walking away, what happens? That will tell you, it's not ordinary. It's not ordinary. Now, are we saying, don't be thinking? No, was Jesus thinking? Can you think more than Jesus? Imagine how does Jesus think? When Jesus takes a thought, he can think a thought too. Jesus had soundness. So it's not really whether you are thinking. Am I saying don't be, I say, am I saying be useless? Don't do anything. Don't go to work. Be a slouch. Just be on your couch and say, no, this world is bad. It's evil. I'm not, I'm only, I'm going to just think on the incorruptible. No. Huh? If you do that, we'll make sure that you die of hunger. Right? And we'll do it, we'll do it intentionally. I will. I will burn every brethren. Don't send any money to him. Don't give her. Don't go. Don't even visit him or her. Leave her. Leave him or her alone. Praise God. To, you know hunger can cast out some spirits. <laughs> hunger is an anointing. You know, you know that? Hunger is a powerful anointing that God created to cast out the spirit of laziness. Do you know, it's a special anointing. You know that? Have you dealt with laziness? Laziness is not an easy spirit to cast out to. It doesn't respond to Bible. It doesn't respond to advice. It doesn't respond to anything. Why are you advising the fellow? Don't be lazy. He's telling you reasons no well. Um, I have plans. I have, um, they are, you know, there's a reason why. He has reasons to be lazy. So don't bother about talking. Leave them. Just hunger. Just leave the fellow. You understand? It's, it's a power. Is a grace. <laughs> so, any message you cannot preach uh, from here, say, stomach. <laughs> Amen. After some time, the brother will come in. So, that thing you were saying, you know, you were saying that, uh, <laughs> he has received ministration from a, a greater minister than you. You know, you know, that was Paul's, Paul prescribed that. Simple. He who will not walk, let him not. It's a very simple, simple solution to, to the problem. <laughs> because people were doing that. Paul called them busybodies. Uh, right? Was it in was it Timothy or so? Where Paul was, um, praise God, he said they are busybodies and say that guys who said they are not going to walk. And can we find it? Let's just read it. Just to, if anybody is, if the devil is fighting anyone with this, you know, when, when you are teaching about the incorruptible, souls, some souls like that message, not because they want the incorruptible, because they, they feel that there's a way they cannot be, just, you know, be in the spirit. And then brethren will be saying, ah, he doesn't have a job, they'll be sending you money. Praise God. You know, anything good can be abused, right? Charity, you know, those nice things, charity is patient, is suffered long, right? When you bring a rascal fellow and he sees that, ah, really? <laughs> so when you are preaching, patience, love is patient, love is kind. 
has long suffering. The revelation they will have is not that they can be long suffering, is that is that they can impose long suffering. <laughs> and then if you you can't complain because when they are suffering you long, they will tell you, look, you can't complain because you are supposed to have long suffering towards me. <laughs> Amen. That for even when we were with you, this we commanded you that if any would not walk, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, walking not at all, but are busy bodies. Amen. Are you seeing this? This answers all. This is Paul, right? So now. Now them that are such, command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they walk and eat their own bread. This is not all, who continue. Let's see <laughs> what, the things that he said. How to deal with these guys. Go on, verse 11. Be not worrying well doing. If any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him so that he may be what? Ashamed. But don't count him as an enemy but admonish him. Uh, now, are you seeing this kind of wisdom? <laughs> Paul was a deadly guy. <laughs> you, can't, you can't misbehave around him, right? So he's saying that there's a provision for you to, you just, the whole company, just call everybody, say, this brother now, we are, we are no longer companying with this fellow. Hmm. Amen. Yeah. And he said, do not what... See, you're not our enemy. We're not saying you're our enemy. We just admonish you as a brother. What means you can, there's a place that you, a way a brother can behave that you just say, brother, brother by yourself for some time. Do <laughs> <laughs> you get what I'm saying? If, you're, if they are not changing about some of all this kind of behavior, amen. So spirituality is not an excuse for you to be misbehaving and doing things. Anything can be abused. Anything, anything, anything can be abused. Praise God. You can abuse submission. You can abuse accountability. You understand what I mean? You can say, wow, well, shouldn't you submit everything to, you know, someone that has a controlling spirit can use that. Right? You can become the police of the brethren. That's Right? Those are all abuses of this, some of these things. That one, it counts on that, that busybody thing. That busybody, well, that's a very vast, you know, it's an office. Some souls can take that office and never leave that office. How do you know a busybody? They know about everybody, every, everything. They know. They make it a point of duty to know. To know. And then 
often what they will know is not the good things, it's the bad things. Do you understand? Ah, do you know what that other guy, that guy, we're, we're just praying for him. Oh. <laughs> you know? In this season of appearance and uh, the Lord coming, you know? <laughs> what about the other one? Ah, that one is trying small, small, but... <laughs> We, are, we, are, we don't trust it yet. We are not sure that the change is real. But let's be, let's be checking. You know the story about everybody. You know their challenges. You know their struggles. You have your record. You have your own book of life. <laughs> These things are evil. They are the nature of the devil. Do you know how you should be? Now you should be. You should know nothing about anyone except their their beauty. Except their. Open that. Let's see that charity description. First Corinthians thirteen. Charity suffereth long, is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Puffed up. Say puffed up. Suffer it long, kind, kind, kind. I love that word, kind. You know, a lot of people forgot this one is in the Bible, this word, this word, kind. I've heard someone say it before, being kind is not the goal or anything, it's just love, and love is not a feeling. You know this kind of revelation? Love is not a feeling, love is a, love is a principle. Love is a principle, love is a, you know, it's an action or it's something, it's something, Sha. <laughs> Praise God, but, but it's not, love is not a chummy something, love is, you know. But there is something called kindness. That one is also a fruit of the spirit. Being kind. Being kind. You know what it means to be kind? To be kind. To be kind. Kindness is taking care. It's not has nothing to do with right or wrong, righteousness or not righteousness. It has nothing to do with um is not a, it has nothing to do with any of those things. Kindness means it's purely about how you make someone feel. Or how you, how you 
Kindness is you, are, you give to someone more than they deserve. Right? You, you give to them. That's, the, that's what kindness means. You are kind. You say, you deserve this, take this. That's not kindness. You just did what you should do. That person is not going to walk away. Ah, that guy was kind to me. Kindness means when you, are, you, you give more than what is demanded in that situation. This person is not behaving well, but you behave nicely to them. That's being kind. Do you see that? Praise God. But when you have too much revelation, revelation and knowledge fights kindness. Why? Because every, and the thing is, everybody has problem. You understand? So, if, you are, if your mode is to justify, you want, you want me to smile at you and rub your head and make you feel good. Prove that you deserve it. <laughs> what have you done to warrant that level of relationship with me? It means you're not kind. Right, these are things Jesus had. That's why sinners were. When sinners see Pharisee, what happened? <laughs> All right, maybe there's there's in their in their league of sinners. Maybe there's one that always watch at the junction. Hey, Pharisee is coming. What is child Pharisee is coming? What happened? Everybody just this, because of Pharisees' nature. Yeah, what is kindness? They have no kindness. Those are mercy properties, and they don't know mercy. So a Pharisee cannot be kind. Once you see he's blasting your your existence, are there? But you, you know what I mean? But, but Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus, when sinners see him, they run to him. That was what the Pharisees couldn't understand because Jesus was kind. He had these properties in him. Then, vaunted not itself, then you see it's not puffed up. Being puffed up, um, puffed up, say puffed up. A puffed up person is not someone that shouts, I'm better than you all. That's not what it means to be puffed up. Often time to be puffed up, when they say you are, they puffed you up, it means that you are inflated, but you're inflated with nothing. Right? That's why it's a puff. It's not really something. If it's, if it's something, it won't be puff. It will be solid. It will be, you understand? What I mean? It won't be a puff. It will be a. <laughs> you understand? It will be substance. So puffed up means an elevation. That's a puff. That's just a. It's air. There's nothing. It's just. Uh, you understand? So. When, you, when you're puffed up, you, you esteem yourself more highly than you ought to. You esteem yourself more highly than you ought to. What, how does that play out? It plays out in how you observe others. Right? You begin to require righteousnesses from people. 
and you see that puffed up is tied to kindness because those who are who withdraw kindness oftentimes because they are puffed up. That's why you when you are puffed up, you withdraw kindness. You have a kindness control. You must fulfill this standard before I open up to you fully. You get what I mean? Amen. And it will result in many, many, many other things. Many other things. When, when, when someone is, someone who is puffed up or doesn't, does not have the language of mercy, you get, you know God is high, but God is not puffed up. God is high because he's high. When God is talking about righteousness, if you listen to him, he knows what he's talking about. You get, it's not some kind of a, overestimated something. And when God is talking about righteousness, it's not, because of any, it's not for him to feel good, it's because it's good for you. Left to him, he doesn't want to reveal it. You see his nature, he wants to hide his stuff. You get what I mean? It's, just, it's because of the need to save. Because of the what? The need to save. The need to save. Amen. When you are puffed up, you gain some kind of God complex, right? That is higher than you. Oftentimes, right, and this is not, everybody has a level of it, right? This, what removes these things is Christ. It's Christ's nature. Because all these things are, is the world that puts them in you. Anything that gives you a sense of being better than someone else, oftentimes it's not God's stuff in you. God's things don't make you, make you feel better. When the Spirit of God walks in your heart, you, you know that this thing came by mercy. You know that this thing is not, unless oftentimes, you see, any righteousness that puffs off is not the righteousness of God. Is that self-righteousness? It's the righteousness of the world and all of that. When you come into genuine righteousness, you won't be puffed up because you, know, you did nothing. Imagine you having something you did nothing to get. You know. When you, when you come into something by grace, and that's why God only stand, he only trusts his grace in you. Why? Because when grace is operating, you can't claim it. You know why? You can't, you don't even understand the grace operating in your life to start with. Because you can't trace what you did to get it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I know that if you misbehave, you might not be there tomorrow. So you can't boast about grace. So you have to just be calm. <laughs> oh, Lord. oh, thank you. You're so, you're so gracious. Jesus, yes, so thank you, Father. Glory, glory to God. God is good all the time. And as you are saying that, you are, you, are, you are doing it because you know that the reason why you are standing is because of grace. That the only reason why you are not being disgraced is because of what? You know that left to you, if they just leave you alone, what will happen? That is your problem will be solving every day because... You have things. God likes that kind of state. So, so when God is saying that you are standing, but it's not your standing, God said we can trust that. 
We can trust that. Amen. That's why God resists the proud. He resisted the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Humility is talking about your, your, your fashion that gives you, make you a grace candidate. You are able to receive grace from God. You're able, and this is what makes a spiritual man, is you're able to arrive at mode of living that is grace-sponsored. Not by your works. Not by works, lest any man. It says, by grace are you saved. Ephesians chapter 2, right? By grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. That word, are you saved? It's, of course, your new birth is by grace, but talking about your continuous journey of salvation, that why you are being saved is by grace, through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It means every tiny salvation you have is a gift of God. Anytime you notice, ah, ah, I used to be so weak in this area before, but now I'm finding just, I'm just finding grace to be strong. It means God has given you a gift. Something from God came into you to heal you from that weakness that you had. Now when, when, you, are, when you are that kind of, you know, it's such a, such a thing is different from, well, 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 um, I took whatever, 10 steps to it. Um, I first of all made sure that every time I, took, I wrote down a list of the things that make me put me in that position to do such things, and I found two or three books to read about um, you know, strategies on how not to, you know, how to overcome this, that, and I kept practicing, you know, I took steps, and you know those kind of things, that kind of religious something, amen. And you know Satan is the one behind that, you get? When you are going after something by strength, Satan is the one who supplies that the strength of man is spirits that would supply. You see, that's why anything called zeal, that's why Paul spoke against zeal. So my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. I, I bear them record. They have a zeal for God, but it's not according to knowledge. When you see knowledge, the knowledge means meekness. Because nobody can come into knowledge without some kind of meekness. It means at some point they were meek to learn. Mm. To meek to learn means at some point they say, I don't know, teach me. Yeah. Wow. Zeal is not like that. Zeal, zeal, is, zeal is like, zeal starts with itself. Yeah. Zeal is that, let's go, let's go do it. This is what we ought to do. Like the Pharisees, no one put them in position to be teaching Israel. They took it by themselves. We are now the teachers of Israel. Because of their zeal. Like Saul of Tarsus was, he was possessed with such zeal. Yes, so, but, but I bear them record, they have a word, zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they have been ignorant of God's righteousness, are going about to establish their own righteousness, and have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. To submit yourself to the righteousness of God is you submit yourself to God's way of making men righteous. Right? God can never trust any man's zeal 
because he knows that all men's, number one, he knows that no man wants to be righteous. So if a man is trying to be righteous by himself, a devil is sponsoring it. And the devil knows how to do it. The devil can just come to a person. It's not God, though. This not. Pastor has been preaching since you never heard anything. You never wanted to change. A spirit can just come and just show you this area, this thing, there's a glory here. There's something about this, this thing. Because see, everybody is failing in this area. But just imagine you just become the star of this thing. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? Do you get what I'm trying to say? You can just become the word. Now, what I'm telling you, can you be used in anywhere, anything, any area? Someone can just come and just look. All oh, this church is in Canada. Maybe you can just say, oh, you African churches. You, why, you don't even have, why, when are you going to have breakthrough into the Caucasians to get them back to love God? You feel like you are, no, you don't, you just don't recycle Christianity and all that. Just go to the Indians or something. Let's get them back to church. I'm not saying that God doesn't want to bring them to church. No. But you can come here with zeal and just now, okay. But what is behind that thing is to show all these churches that you guys are not, you are not touching the land. You know what I mean? You know, you can have that feeling. Yes. You want to see all the John Smiths and John, all of them raising holy hands, worshiping, crying, and saying, to prove that, to prove that God, you get what I mean? Now, does that mean that God doesn't want to save everyone? It's just not according to that. But there's a way you can go, and when you begin to go with zeal, Satan begins to bring. You just need someone with the right heart, for the right zeal, the right ambition. He will begin to bring schemes. Do the ministry this way. Don't talk that way. No, forget all this. Your accent. No, no, no. Leave that. Look for a nice, a nice preacher who can talk cleanly, who can use his mind to intelligibly. You know, you have to appeal with intelligence to them. You have to be able to use. Don't bring all this crude King James, all these things. You have to be able to lay out the Bible with the points, explanation. How does it relate to the society? How does it relate? All those ideas will begin to come. You get what I'm saying? And you can do it. Create a version of Christianity that appeals to a certain people. The devil can do it. But that is not God's way. God does not appeal to men's pride to save them. This has been something in my heart for Canada for some time, some days. Maybe we'll begin to pray for the land. There's something about it. I don't know. I'll keep praying about it and we'll see the direction. But um, God doesn't appeal to people's pride to save, to, to, you know, if someone sets a, put their mind in a certain place and say that any, any God that comes in this way, we won't accept. 
If someone says, for example, God must be intelligible to me. I should be able to think him and prove him and have a valid intellectual reason for him. God is not going to make himself that to get you. You are too small. Do you understand what I mean? God is not going to change. For example, now, if maybe there are people, you know, and that's, those are the things that Satan has installed, especially in this part of the world. Christianity came here a long time ago. They did Christianity, got tired of it, went into other things. What you, they call, what you call advancement. The only problem with advancement is that he, has, he doesn't know anything about the souls of men. That's my problem with advancement. Is that how can you be advancing when souls are degenerating? Is that advancement? Men are losing natural affection. If a man can now say, I'm no longer a man, I'm a woman, have you advanced? You've not, that's not advancement. Huh? That's degeneration. If, you, if your advancement means you, you have more people who come boldly and say, there is no God. Is that advancement? If advancement means that a man can't marry a woman and commit his life to her till he dies, can, will get tired after two years and go away and say, I'm not, I made a mistake. Or we have grown apart. Weakness of men, you can't keep covenant of marriage. Is that advancement? That's not advancement. There's nothing advancing in the world. There's nothing advanced about the Western world. It's, the, the mind, it, it takes only a, a mind that has been so, so beaten down by corruption to think of this world as being more advanced. What is the advancement? Okay, what's the advancement? You can go to the grocery store and buy what? From your phone? Okay. You can order from your house. <laughs> so you, you can now, so, so normally you would get up, shower, right? Where, go out to the grocery store like a human being, right? <laughs> and buy things. <laughs> but now you don't just stay in your bed with one leg up. Yep. And, uh, and, uh, now, now, do you realize that all our advancements are in foolish things? Yeah. Have you realized that? And then you are getting fat and fat and fat. Yeah. Oh, you understand? You no longer, no more, no more going to work. No more going to work. Why? Because we don't like working is bad. Stay at home. It's a way to work from home. <laughs> so that you are sitting down, you are working. That's advancement.
then you, go, you have back pain, right? Or what is it? <laughs> what are the other ones again? Before, you, before in the community, maybe in a neighborhood, a suburban neighborhood, in the evening you come out, neighbors will come out, you go to the park, you interact with others, right? You, you, your Iranian neighbor, wow, do we talk about Iran, this happened, that happened, you are from this place, you talk, your community, your children play with other kids and all of that, that was life before advancement. When I was advancement, the street is empty, no single person on the street. The parks are empty, where everybody is on the what? On the sofa, on the iPad. Even in the same house, the children, device one, device two. Now, I'm painting the piece of our world, right? Is it advancement? Now, who, who are the people who brought this as advancement? People who said this, who took their mind away from God. Predominantly, that's the truth. Have you noticed that if I don't even call all these things, they are not inventions anymore. Most inventions were done by Christians. And those are things that that move the world forward in healthcare, different fields, technology, right? The, the, the problem, and this is a thing that Satan is also the, the corruptible nature that every person who is thinking of inventing something, the primary motivation in the world today is how to produce comfort and entertainment. Have you realized that all the inventions are about that? You see that? It's telling you, what, when did those things become target for all the, all the, the sign of well-being? <laughs> means we have been deceived. We have been deceived. Amen. I'm not a backward pastor. All right. I'm not. I'm an engineer, okay? Sometimes I forget what I actually am, but amen. <laughs> I'm not just an engineer, I work in high tech. Huh? Okay, I'm not talking anymore. That's not, the, that's not my message. But no, but I'm saying that not for anything. I never say that because to me it doesn't, I mean, Praise God. That's not high tech. It's not even high tech. Nothing about it. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Um, amen. But, but what, what you find is that man, our devices is producing our degeneration. What's the point of making a computer that can think for man? Right? Those are the kind of things that we are going into yeah. now. Amen. <clears throat> but, but no matter the device of man, you can't, you cannot, what we are doing is against God's design. Yeah. 
for how the soul should be. How every person, they, God created the human, a human soul as a precious thing. Right, that, that the, there's something about the, that divine touch on the human soul that should drive every, every adventure of man. That should drive, if you, man is thinking, I want to invent something, you should think first about the soul. Right? How will he profit the soul? How will he help the soul? How will he be, it be, will it be help the God's plan or the well-being of the, of the inward man? Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I was saying that thing about righteousness, that you can have someone who has a zeal for righteousness, something that seems righteous, but oftentimes it's not according to God's own standard. Amen. Amen. God will not change his own ways, his own laws, his own principle, and bend it for the sake of any man. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hmm. Praise God. He said that God is no respecter of persons. Right? To God, black man, white man, yellow man, green man. Do you know that there's a way you feel that everybody must be represented there? God doesn't, doesn't think like that. God, to be honest, God does not really mind. If a whole race say, we don't want you, say, okay, I don't want you too. <laughs> if you want me, I want you. You know, that's the principle of God. God doesn't force. It's not like, it's not like um, Muhammad as he sends people after you with, with knives if you are, don't want to comply, you understand? <laughs> it's not by force. It's God's kingdom is for willing guys. If you want to come here, Nice. It's another place called Lake of Fire. If you like that place, you can go to that place. It's not. Even though I would rather you come, I put before you life and death. But I say choose life. Oh. But you can say I don't want life. I say no problem. It's okay. All right. If, if let's say all the advanced world, say we have advanced beyond you, God. Say God, say okay, no problem. Be going. 
right, is all right. Those who have not advanced beyond me, who are still meek, right, who believe that they didn't create themselves, who believe that there is a God. God is not bothered by that. Now, do you know that God doesn't have any one single dream that the church should be, there should be equal racial representation in the church. You know, because of advancement, the advanced world say, we are more advanced than you. God will say, no problem. Other guys who can manage me, I will, I will, I will take them. And God is like that. God, God, choosing the, God foolish, chooses the foolish things of the world. When he says, these are the foolish guys, God will say, they are my guys. That's where I'm going to. They'll say, these guys don't think straight. They are everything about them. They can't even elect good leaders. God say, yeah, that's my, those are my, they are my kind of people. <laughs> God will say, leave them for me. Leave them for me. Don't help them. Don't advance them. Any advancement that removes God is not advancement. There is, but God's heart, because he is God, he desires that all men be saved. No matter how proud a man is, God still desires that all be saved to bring them to the knowledge of the truth. But God is not going to change the method of, God won't say, you have made a vow that you will not accept incorruption. So let me, let's, let me manage corruptible things to save you. God won't do that because you are not redeemed by corruptible things, but by incorrupt, by the precious blood of Jesus. You can't, you can't change that. So it means the person, the mind must become meek and broken yes, sir. Yes, sir. to a point of accepting the, you know that meekness, God? God will never change that standard. At the end of the day, you must accept the invisible. Yes. At the end of the day, you must accept that to live for the invisible, that, that law can never be changed. You know, we've tried to bring God out of the invisible and represent him somehow among men. You know, people are changing. They say Christianity now, you know, it's not leave the miraculous and all of that, the invisible. You know, and these are the things we are seeing. Say, to serve God just means to, you know, to live morally in an effective way that impacts your community. And there are people who preach that on the pulpit now because they feel that talking about an invisible being is too backward. They feel maybe developed mind can't take that. So now make God just a code of morality so that just an effective morality inside of you that people can see, okay, wow, you're giving to the community, you're giving to the poor, you're giving to this, which I have nothing against anything I'm saying, but I'm just telling you that Satan, Satan, Satan wants to reduce God to corruptible things. He wants, to, he wants men to be weak from having the capacity to carry the reality of an invisible God and to serve him, to serve and give your life for the invisible. 
So why are you spending so much time on these things? How is it going to impact your life on the earth? You say that, look, my life on the earth is just for a short time. In fact, all of the purpose of life on the earth is to sow into the spirit. Because if you sow to the flesh, of the, you of the flesh reap corruption. It's, it is definite. You will off the flesh reap corruption. But if you sow to the spirit, you will what? Off the spirit. Now, you will reap what? Life. You will reap life everlasting. Are you concerned about life everlasting? To get life everlasting. And you know, life everlasting is a property of the soul. Right? The outward man doesn't really know life everlasting. It's the inward man that knows life everlasting. And life everlasting is not that. A life you live after you die. Life everlasting is a life you live where? In the present. In the present. When you live life ever, everlasting, you, you will come into the glory of everlasting life. A person on the earth who lives for corruptible things can, will not have the same glory as someone who lives for the incorruptible things. It's like Jesus, for example. Jesus didn't have too much cash, he didn't have too much things, but Jesus, was he glorious? Let me not say was, is he glorious? You are reading Paul, did Paul have money? We read John. Now, if you read them, if you read a person writing through their writing, their writing, their thought is so powerful, it unlocks doors to the Spirit of God and of glory. If someone can read John, after reading John for some time, will break down, drive away all his concubines, throw away all his drinks, go and beg his wife, I'm sorry. Take his wife back. Call his children, apologize to them, gather them back. Go to church, submit to a pastor. Begin to walk in church, right? Begin to serve God by reading John. What the government cannot do, the government solution to that man, first of all, is to just to build a prison waiting for him because it's just a matter of time because the cycle of degeneration follows a certain <laughs> pattern. Where, where all the governments of the, their, their brain cells has, doesn't have answer to some things. When they, they think and think, they get to a point built prison. That's where we put this, this kind of sort. <laughs> no more solution. <laughs> prison, mental facility, all kinds of things. That's failures. Amen. Democracy, democracy, democracy. The people in the House of Parliament are more crazy than the guys walking on the street. 
Some of them should be in asylums, right? <laughs> Actually. Praise God. I think the Lord is just speaking something about his, his own light. Like Jesus said, you know, his light is a man. He said, I'm the, the, the light of life. I'm the light of the world. If any man would follow me, who will not walk in darkness, but shall have what? He shall have the light of life. The light of life. So Jesus is saying, I am the light of life. If you want to see life, right? Shall not walk in darkness, but shall have what? The light of life. Praise God. The more we are, we, are, we are getting more to the days where things will begin to fail. What we call the world is not set the devil's end game product. It's something he will use for some time. He will use the world until he gets to a point where it becomes clear to even unbelievers the world is not working. You know how, how it will become clear that the world is no longer working? When the world, we, get, we have more and more kind of problems that the world can't solve. Right? If you say, I want money, the world has an answer to make you rich. You say, I want fame, the world has an answer to give you fame. I want relevance, the world has an answer. I want to be a righteous man, the world has an answer to, for you to be a righteous man. I want to be a religious fellow. He has an answer for everything. But there are some things that the world has no answer to. And they will begin to, they will begin to get more clearer. When with Satan, will it be clear that the world is expiring? When men now begin to have a consciousness to perceive the wretchedness of their soul. You know that's a different problem entirely. When men now, you know now men don't have that. You see a person just his whole life walking, doing this. Doing, no, no time to even stop and think. Like there's something inside you that's dying because it's too busy. The world has, but there will be a time when men will begin to now begin to perceive something, something fishy about it. Everything that has been promised to us, to me as life. You, you will now, someone will get to a point where you now, you extray your next 23, four decades. Okay, I will walk out, I have money, I have influence. Okay, after that, what? You now realize that all those achievements will not answer something you are feeling on the inside. Some kind of wretchedness, some kind of emptiness. You get to what I'm trying to say? Some, something deep on inside the heart that there's something that only God only God can, can feel. 
Praise God. Amen. Amen. Do you know there will be a time when there will be a season when this veil will just fall? The veil over the nations. You know that, that veil is the, is the intoxication of men. Why do men live and live and live and do it without thinking about the future? Without thinking about reality, there's a veil. And that's what God is he's hitting at that veil. He wants to tear down that veil. To remove Satan from his vantage position, to bring him down. When that veil that is spread over the nation is torn, glory to God. At that point, the world will have no longer relevance anymore. It will be clear to men that they are nothing. There's nothing in the systems of this world. Praise God. And you know, even before that time, the sensitivity in souls towards wretchedness will heighten. That's the time when seven women will take hold of one man looking for shelter. You now discover that really salvation is spiritual. And salvation is something that God puts in people. In system, in safety. Imagine someone who has money, who has affluence, who has wealth, who has all the education, all the status in the world, but has wretchedness in his soul. Right? You will go around the world, there's nothing can satisfy that wretchedness. But imagine then you, you will now come in contact with a tree of righteousness. Right? You know, that's what God wants to make you that you will become a tree of righteousness. The planting of the Lord means that you might not be, have money and all that, but you have things in you because you've been investing in the incorruptible. That you get to a point where souls can drink from you, nations can drink from you because you have something in you that nations do not have. That's the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 2, right? shall come to pass that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be exalted above every mountain and above every hill. Glory to God. Amen. Isaiah chapter 2. shall come to pass in the last days the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall do what? Flow into it. Glory to God. And many people shall go and say, come here. Let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways. We will walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word, the word of the Lord. You see, this Zion is not organized church as we know it. This mountain of the Lord's house is a mountain of congregation of souls, right? People who have been congregated and have been brought to a place to feast on things that are greater than what the nations have access to. There'll be a time when the nations will move beyond their devices. You get to a point where in a nation with all the advancement, all their youths will be bad. The children will be what? Will be bad and they won't have answer to it. It's coming, it's not very far. It's, it's coming, you get to a point where you can't find common natural feeling in young kids, maybe teenagers. You find serious social deficiencies. Number one, they can't make friends, 
They can't cohabit together. They can't do anything constructive. Why? Because they, the only thing they are exposed to is wretchedness. Right from, you understand what I mean? Right from when they are little. Why? Because you, you, you didn't take them to church. You didn't, you didn't take them. Your church is not like school. School teach them mathematics, teach them. What, what can mathematics do to a soul? <laughs> right? You know that we've, we thought Christianity is nothing. So the developed world removed it. Because, but we've never seen the fruit of what they have been sowing. We've not had a generation yet who grew up without the memory of God at all. It has never happened on the earth before. We're about to see it. We're about to see whether you can raise people like that. You get to a point, you see killers, 12 years old, 13 years old, 14 years old. Because you raise them into a materialistic world where everything is about utility. What, what gives a human being an inherent value is the soul on the inside. And who puts that value there is God. It's something transcendent. It transcends the physical. But if you raise a person who doesn't, there's no God, there's no point to everything, nothing, no point. You can easily kill someone. Why? Why don't I kill my friend who I hate? There's no reason to stop you. You didn't go to church. Nothing about that. We are getting to such point. Now, when you now get to that level, we now see government now realize we have a problem. Is there any law you can write against that? Can you write law to train children? Those are, those are installation of God. It's the fear of God. Can you write a law to put the fear of God in a man? Only the church can do that. So a lot of, and you know that a lot of the things that the secular world is enjoying are enjoying things the installation of God, the preservation of things God put in men for many generations. Without God, there won't be a country called the US, for example, was founded on what? On the, praise God. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Yes, that, that, and I'm just trying to amplify something to you today. It's very simple. It's not a teaching, it's just a preaching. I'm trying to preach to you the value of being spiritual in this world. The value for you to invest in the invisible, to invest in the, in the what? In the incorruptible. Why? Because the incorruptible is also a commodity for the present. So if to talk to you about the future beyond when you die, you leave the earth, is not enticing enough for you. Let's bring it here. To show you that the life of living purely for vanity, the era is gone. Is if you want to invest in anything, invest in, your, in stocks, invest in bonds, invest in everything, that's good. But I'm announcing to you that that's not going to be enough for the future. The future in the very near horizon, the greatest need in humanity will not be material things. The greatest need in humanity will be life. Life, me, I'm talking about not that, don't breathe in. I'm talking about soul. You get, you get to a point where in your street, Three, five neighbors, will, well, can, can my children come and stay with, in your house for some time? They will beg you. Do you know why? It's not because you have money. It's not because they have money. So we'll be supplying you, we'll buy all your groceries, we'll bring everything. Can you just be around your kids for some time? Mm. 
you have a common what the nations have rejected. You know that stone which the builders rejected. We become the chief of the corner, become the reference point. So you cannot do anything against the truth, but for the truth. Let, let God be true. Let every man be a liar. The lies will go full circle. God will still be true. God will still what? God will still be true. There is no device that man can have that can alter the design, the need, the purpose of man. Man's greatest need is life. Is life. He said the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life. I may have it. If you, if you go for life, you are investing in your future. Hallelujah. You get, I'm not, I'm not joking with you. You get to a point where people will be willing to pay money for the life that you have. You just tell them that please that you can't get this life with by tapping. <laughs> by transaction. I'm so sorry. You can't give life like that. Imagine the scene in Israel. I know that's what troubled the, 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 what troubled the high priest, the Pharisees. One non-entity from Nazareth, they heard him. You know where Nazareth is? The worst of the worst place. He said, can anything good come from this place? Nothing good. At, Nazareth is like, if, they, if you've lived in Nazareth, you go to do application, job application, they saw <laughs> Nazareth there. They'll say, we don't need to do tests. <laughs> There's no point. Since we have known Nazareth, nothing good has ever come from Nazareth. So there's no point. If you, there's something about maybe they just say, there's something about Nazareth that's just not nice. Now, how can a man from Nazareth? I know the problem was that they now began to hear that people were flocking after him. People were following him. He doesn't have money. He wasn't money. Say life. life. If he was the only Jesus, it would have been good. After Jesus left, he then raised some other problems <laughs> who are more problematic because Jesus was contained around Galilee, but these ones, these ones are not, <laughs> these ones they go abroad. <laughs> After some point, they said, the guy, the people who turned the world upside down. They're talking of these disciples of Jesus. It's not by money, not by influence, not by anything. They were not trying to lobby with, with you know, Caesar. No, 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 they're doing their own thing. It's a different, it's a life. They, they call it, it's a way, people of the way. Another way of life. Establishing, after some time, Caesar looks like nothing before men. Imagine Saul teaching, talking about the way of the kingdom. The glory of that life was too powerful. Saul so went to Ephesus, went to the synagogue, they argued with you know those intellectuals in synagogue with glasses and everything. Arguing all kinds. Yeah, but no problem. He left them. Leave your, leave your synagogue, nice building, everything. I don't have any problem. Stay there. Let me go. Went to the school of Tyrannus. Someone's house. Just morning to night, just teaching. Just what was it was it was it teaching the corruptible things? 
No, just teaching the incorruptible. All these things in the New Testament is what Paul was teaching. Teaching grace, foundation of righteousness, how to have peace with God, how to have standing in the spirit. Righteousness by revelation. That's, that's what Paul was teaching for two years. What happened? You never noticed that commerce has begun, the economy of the, of the whole the region began to change. What was changing the economy? Guys who normally buy idols and things for idols, they stop buying idol things anymore. Because a lot of the economy was tied to a goddess called Diana. There's a lot of commerce around her. That time it was Diana, idolatry. Today it can be high tech. It can be AI. AI can be the Diana of today. That's everyone is investing and doing everything. But we now discover after some time, because of a superior life, begin to turn the eyes of people from the corruptible, from the visible. I'm sure Diana, the best Diana can give you is give you a guarantee of, you'll be, of your future. It will be okay for you. Amen. Your children will not spoil. Amen. They will go to school. They will, they will get married. They will, they, ah, Diana. That's all Diana can offer. Diana cannot offer you the incorruptible. Diana cannot, cannot tell you, I come that you may have life. Yeah. Only Jesus can say that. Do you understand? That's what Paul was teaching. After some time, Paul taught and taught. About it, and the word of God grew mightily, mightily, and prevailed. You see, what you just call just word, just talking, just word, word, word. Word turned the world upside down. If it happened before, it will happen again. And I'm not just saying that. It's not because I said it. Because it's a prophecy of the Bible. It's a prophecy of the Bible. It's a prophecy of the Bible. It's going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. A time will come. The earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. As the waters cover the sea, Jesus will become tangible, palpable, because he's living on the inside of men. You know the proof? He's not walking on water. Or, I'm not saying those things might not happen. What is the proof? It's just a life. It's simple. It's a life. A life. A life. Do you know it's a miracle to defy the corruptible? How do I know it's a miracle? Ordinary men cannot do it. To live for the invisible. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. And gave. This was the Paul who was a Pharisee, killing people and all of that before. He said, of all, all my PhD, I count it all done for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, that I may know him and the power of his, not, I know he resurrected and all that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I want to show me the power, the secret behind the resurrection of Jesus. And then teach me the, do you know what they call fellowship of his suffering? What will make a man suffer with all these gifts, ability? Imagine someone who raised somebody from the dead who had died after four days. Then submitted himself, they were slapping him kicking him, beating him, died the most shameful death. 
to Paul, something told him, this is a power. There's something behind. You know, what Jesus did was an insult to this life. And that's why Satan hated him from day one. He, his disregard for the present. His disregard for it is to prove to man and to humanity you are made for so much more. You can live on the earth for, 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 for the invisible. For that, it's not all about what you eat, what you will drink, what you will what, put on. So your father knows you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his word. Right. And then all other things shall be what? Shall be added to you. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't know. Do I have seekers of the invisible? Yeah. After a while, they will say, those who turn Canada upside down. Yeah. You don't have to be too many. But wherever you are, deny corruption. Deny corruption. Have a hatred for it. Just say, I'm better than this. I will live a life. A life that's worthy of the blood of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Father. So the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, wants to raise you from being childish. If there's still any childishness in you, because we are, we are, we are knocking at the, at the door, a door of incorruption, a door of the divine nature. But the Lord is saying that he wants to still deal with some childishness in us. Anything that is still childish, that is still, anything that still has a tie to the world, all kind of loss and pride, anything that will not last, that will not abide. He said that, that do not love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And these are the things in the world, loss of the, of the flesh, loss of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. He says, but, and the world passeth away, and the lost thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth what? Forever it forever. Amen. Thank you, Father. Lord, we receive, we receive grace from you. We receive grace. 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 Oh, we receive grace. Lord, we receive grace from you. Thank you. That grace that brings salvation. Bring it. He said it will bring salvation. When that grace is present, we stand in that grace. It will, it, salvation will come because the grace will teach. Denying ungodliness, worldly loss. We should live righteously, soberly, and godly where? In this present world. Say in this present world. In this present world. In this, not in, in this world. You live soberly, righteously, and godly, and godly. The, the Lord is raising a church here. I mean here. I mean here. 
He's raising a church. He's raising a church. He's raising a church. He's a, he's a church for the declaration of his father's name. A people who have arrived at a place of peace, who have acquired the bond of peace, to whom he won't be ashamed. He will share the name of the father. He can begin to speak about the divine life. The Lord is raising a church. Jesus is raising a church. He's raising a church. And he is calling everyone to hasten hasting into standing in the spirit hasting into standing fine grace by faith by faith by faith gain access to grace into your own place of standing in the spirit take your place take your place take your place take your place take your place, take your place. the spirit of grace the spirit of grace let you begin to flow it will begin to flow into your heart, even from the Lord Jesus. The Lord is saying, I'll begin to bless you with grace. Grace to be spiritual. Grace to be spiritual. Grace to be spiritual. Grace to deny the world. All of the world's things is lost and is pride. To deny it all, you receive grace. Grace for teaching. Grace for instruction will rest upon your soul. In the name of Jesus, I am seeing the heart of the Lord against foolishness of all kinds, of all manners. They say that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far away. I said foolishness will be driven far away from you. In the name of Jesus, in your heart, every foolish thing of this world, every foolishness of the world, even which is, appears as wisdom, will be confounded. In the name of Jesus, I'm praying for you affinity, love, desire, longing for the wisdom, that which is from above, which is first pure, that pure wisdom, your wisdom from the Lord will possess your heart, will possess your vessel, the purity of wisdom. <laughs> we savour not the things which be of men, but I will savour the things of God. The delight of the godly, the delight of godliness will fill your heart. So blessed is the man that walketh not in the way of the ungodly. Not stand in the way of sinner, not sit in the seat of the scornful, but whose not standing, whose delight is where in the law of the Lord, the law of the Lord, his Lord does he meditate day and night. This was one of the visions in my heart this morning. There are some of us our mind are being fought against. Being in terms of you can't stay on spiritual things. To stay on spiritual thought, the, the anointing within might not be flowing as well as it should to keep your feet in the pasture, to help your mind to think spiritually, to stay on the foot, to stay on the water. But the Lord is saying that because of grace, that I'm bringing a new ability, a new, a new appetite, a fresh grace for delight, for the light in the law of the Lord and the, a spirit of meditation. A spirit of meditation will begin to visit you, will begin to rest upon your heart and upon your mind. You, you find yourself in your idle moment gravitating towards the spiritual. Gravitating towards spiritual meditation. 
gravitating towards spiritual judgment. Yeah, because he that is spiritual judges all things. You become a house of judgment, a machinery of judgment in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Father, we give you glory. We bless you. We bless you. Frehena kasataria entavara hana mai krentu miel de vehende emi kamota emi kalohota emi kalahoti eningre helto emi creator efarata efritareno every antarana masia in an oriente se irenaha ora tamasa the Lord Jesus Himself will raise defenses in your soul against contrary winds, every wind of doctrine tossing you to and fro, that will cease from today. I say the grace of stability, stability even in the spiritual will rest upon you in the mighty name of Jesus. Just begin to bless the Lord, just thank Him. So Lord, we thank you, we thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for deliverance from the bondage of corruption. Thank you. I receive it. Say, I receive it. I receive my own deliverance. I receive my own liberty. The Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Receive your own liberty. Say, Lord, I receive it. Lord, I receive it. Lord, we receive it. Liberty to walk in the spirit. Liberty to live in the spirit. Liberty to follow the spirit. I receive. Oh, we receive it. Rekamayando repahayalosia. To deny the cause of this world, to deny the prince of the power of the air, to deny disobedience, grace. Thank you, Father. We receive it. We receive you. We receive it. 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 Oh, Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Rent us escape, escape from the corruption that is in the world through lust. Escape the prison doors being opened. The prison doors being opened. Into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, Himata. Eh, Himata. Eh, Lahata. Eh, I see feet being developed to walk in the spirit. Fresh feet being developed. Crippled, being healed. Lame walk.
walking. Learn walking. Walking in the spirit. Walking in the spirit. Never let Thank you, Lord Jesus. Healings. Healings for soul. Healings for your soul. Every handicap concerning the spiritual. Concerning some of you say, oh, I read the Bible and I read and I don't understand. That's the end of it today. That's the end of that today. From today on, the realm of the spirit is open up to you. It becomes your own world naturally. You walk in the spirit. You live in the spirit. You understand the spirit. You interpret the spirit. The spirit shall be yours. The realm of the spirit shall be yours. In the name of Jesus. That unction from the Holy One. Anointing you receive from him. Teach you. Teach you. You're going home with a teacher. Fresh. Fresh opening. Fresh dealing. Fresh ground. Fresh access. Even into the spirit. <laughs> see I speak to those eyes to see begin to see begin to see begin to see now you begin to see now you begin to comprehend now I speak to that mind that spiritual mind be open become fruitful become fruitful in knowledge in the name of Jesus thank you our father we give all the glory to your name we bless you. We bless you. I pray and I come against every spirit of fear and hesitancy. Every fear that has kept you bound from having liberty in the spirit. I say from today you are free. You are free. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made you free. And you are free. Because if the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. In the name of Jesus. I say blessing of freedom. Freedom of expressions. Freedom of living. Freedom in the spirit. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give all the honor to your name. And we'll bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.